Josh here with the IDP show. Now, look, if you know anything about our show, you know we're three mid-30s dads rolling into the Sochak every week at about 9 p.m. to record a fantasy football podcast. We've got kids, we've got jobs, so we are worn out when it comes time to record, which is why I'm excited to share about our newest sponsor. It is Liquid IV, which is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Y'all, in just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use this first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out. So what do we love about Liquid IV? Convenient packaging, you just rip the top off and pour it into your water, shake it up and you're ready to go. Comes in a bunch of amazing flavors. I love strawberry lemonade and watermelon are my two favorite. And one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. 12 delicious flavors. I mentioned a couple. They're refreshing. They're going to keep your hydration routine exciting so it's not the same old flavor time and time again. It contains five essential vitamins, y'all. Listen to these B vitamins, B3, 5, 6, 12, and vitamin C. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV, they believe that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So they partner with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated, listen to this y'all, over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So we are very excited to partner with them. And if you want to try it out, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code IDP show at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code IDP show at liquidiv.com. Check it out and tell them the IDP show sent you. This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny and the Greek's Cornerback Corner. This is the audio edition for week six. How's everyone doing? Hope you all had a good week five. Hope that uh, your streams worked out and that your leagues are going well. Things are, things are looking pretty good. We're, we still are looking pretty good across the board here. We'll get you covered for week six. We'll cover some of the news and notes in the, the world of cornerback streaming and get you all set up for another week of NFL football here. All right, let's start with some transparency from week five, and then we'll get into week six. So last week, I had 67 different starts of you know varying calibers from leagues of all sizes to deeper leagues, everything in between. Of those 67 calls last week, 10 were injured or declared inactive before play. That drops us down to 57 adjusted calls. Of those 57, 47 were correct. They either got to their projection or went right past it. 10 were completely wrong. That gives us 82% accuracy for week five. 
uh, of those 47 correct calls last week. 23 of them were massive hits. A massive hit is anytime a cornerback stream doubles, triples, quadruples, or more. It's their projection. So that gave us 48% of all correct calls or massive hits last week. We are at 81% accuracy overall for the season with 46% of all correct calls ending up as massive hits. So things continue to look really good, especially on the written side of things. So please make sure you're checking that out. All of the detail is there. It's about 7,000 words a week. So, you know, this is about 20, 30 minutes tops. I cannot get is, you know, nearly as much detail into this as I do in that every week. So please check that out. That's over at the idpshow.com. All right, let's look at some transparency for the audio for last week. So guys, I recommended as cornerbacks one or two. Tyson Campbell against the Bills went right past his projection. We're looking good there. Teron Johnson versus the Jaguars was actually under projection, even though they lost Benford, they lost Tredavious White. It makes no sense. His playing time did not move at all, and he was under projection, so apologies there. A.J. Terrell, also a surprising stinker last week against the Texans, was way under projection, so we got two wrong there. Uh, Dory Jackson, also under projection last week, so we're not off to a great start. Darius Slay, though, against the Rams, did beat his projection, so we're looking good. Sneed and McDuffie had 27 and 25 points, respectively, in my home league, so they absolutely smashed their projections. Massive weeks for both of them. That was the most obvious thing ever against that Vikings passing attack, so I hope y'all took advantage of that. That was a beautiful thing. And then Diamador Lenoir and Chavarius Ward versus Dallas were both under projection by about a tackle each, so we'll call those misses, but close enough, to be honest with you. In the world of cornerback streaming, off by a tackle is not the end of the world. And then Nate Hobbs was inactive, so not great there, but hopefully he'll be back this week. We need him healthy. He is one of the best options we have. Dart throw transparency for last week. So Marco Wilson went right past his projection. In fact, he tripled it. So massive week for Marco Wilson last week. Hope you all got to use that. Kytrell Clark also beat his projection. So we were looking good there. Razul Douglas went right past his projection. So we're looking good there. Uh, Caleb Evans was injured against the Chiefs, so we'll call that a, a toss-up. I mean, it is what it is. Nothing we can do about injury. DJ Reed was inactive against the Broncos. James Bradbury beat his projection against the Rams. Deontay Banks beat his projection against the Dolphins. So last week, in regards to audio transparency, we had nine correct, five wrong, and three that were injured or inactive. So uh, looking pretty good, all things considered. All right, let's move on to week six and look at some of the best matchups we've got on the slate for this week. So first thing that really stands out is the Bears side of Vikings and Bears. So I do know Justin Jefferson's not playing for at least a month, but Kirk Cousins has been averaging 27 completions per game. In fact, if we discount the one weird game where he only completed 12 passes, he's averaging more than 30 completed passes per game. The Vikings have the second overall ranked passing attack in the league. They are first in the league in targeting their wide receivers week to week. He has 199 wide receiver targets through five games. That's about 40 wide receiver targets per game. That's absolutely insane. That is, you know, the greatest setup ever to stream against the Vikings passing attack right now. So our Bears corners are in a very good position this week to have a huge week. 
So I like that side of things very much. We'll talk about the other side a little bit later, the Justin Fields heating up type deal. The second matchup I like quite a bit this week is Colts at Jaguars. So this is a 46-point over-under. Minshew's playing better. He's actually completing, excuse me, not Lawrence is playing better, but I want to talk about Minshew first. So Richardson is going to be out for a while. Minshew is now under center for the Colts. Minshew can actually complete passes. Richardson's value for fantasy football was his legs, the rushing touchdowns, the rushing yards, and the occasional bomb he would throw to Pittman to get you a touchdown that way as well. Minshew's a dink and dunk guy. He's going to have 25, 30 completions you know, per week. He's in a great spot to give us some value for our Jaguars corners this week. So I actually do like that Minshew is under center for the Colts. I think that gives them a better chance in general and us a better chance to have good cornerback production against the Colts. So these teams are the 15th and 11th overall passing attacks. Colts are 15th, Jaguars are 11th. Both teams are in the top 14 of the league for targeting their wide receivers. Jacksonville is 7th, Indianapolis is 14th. Yeah, so I think that number actually is going to go up a little bit, both those numbers for the Colts with Minshew under center this week and going forward for the next month or two. So I really like both sides of this, Colts and Jags. I think both cornerback cores have significant value this week, so that's a good matchup for week six. And then obviously we like Chargers and Cowboys quite a bit to end the week on Monday Night Football. We got a high over-under, 47.5 point over-under. The Chargers are the sixth-ranked passing attack in the league so far this year. They are only middle of the pack for targeting wide receiver, but that's okay. I feel like the guys that we care about, Stephon Gilmore and Deron Bland, will have more than enough value this week. And uh, frankly, that's all that really matters. Jordan Lewis, if you're in a spot where you need to use Jordan Lewis, you're going to need more advice than what I can provide. That's, That's not a good spot to be in. So yeah. I definitely like the Cowboys' corners in this one. I also like the Chargers' corners a little bit. So the Cowboys are just middle of the pack for passing offense and middle of the pack for targeting wide receivers. But I feel like they're going to need to score some points in this in this matchup to uh, stick with the Chargers and you know be competitive in this game. I could be completely wrong. The Dallas defense could just totally annihilate and shut down the Chargers, and they could win that way. I just don't feel like it's likely. There have been enough injuries. Leighton Vander Esch, Trayvon Diggs, you know, come to mind immediately on the Cowboys defense that that's not going to be an option at some point with these key players, you know, continuing to go down. So I feel like both teams are going to need to pass quite a bit, and that should lead to a good cornerback stream in general for that game. So Cowboys, Chargers, Monday night, another good matchup for week six. Some of the worst matchups for week six include Ravens at Titans. So this one has a 40.5 over under, which is very much on the lower side of things. Uh, The Ravens are the 26th ranked passing attack in the league. The Titans are the 28th ranked passing attack in the league. And even when the Ravens, you know, complete passes or, or about to complete passes, the wide receivers drop them. So that doesn't help either. Both of these teams are at or under 20 completed passes per game for both of these quarterbacks. That's not good. That's that's, that's not enough completions for us to really feed all these corners on both sides and make sure that they have the floor they need to give us the production we want. In general, both of these teams are run-and-play defense teams that only pass if they have to. This is an outdoor game in Tennessee. That doesn't help either. 
I just feel like it's going to be a defensive struggle, and that's never good for cornerback streaming. So not a huge fan of Ravens at Titans for week six. Also not a huge fan of 49ers at Browns. So this one has a 41 and a half over under. We're averaging about 22 completed passes a week for Brock Purdy, 23 for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson may not even play this week. There's a good chance we're going to see Dorian Thompson Robinson again. He is under 20 completed passes per game, and he's a deer in headlights. And he's going to be a deer in headlights against the 49ers' third-ranked defense in the entire league. So it's not going to go well for him if he's under center. And I, I don't think it's going to go well for Watson either if he's under center. So the Browns are currently the best-ranked defense in the league. That could slow down Purdy a little bit to begin with. And like I said earlier, he's only completing 22 passes per game. The 49ers offense is very efficient. They run the ball well. You know, it's chunk yardage. It's not dink and dunk. We, we like dink and dunk. We don't like chunk yardage here in cornerback streaming. We want long, sustained drives that are going to take time and, and you know, be a, a bunch of passes to get to the end zone, not one pass to get to the end zone. That doesn't help us. Uh, we need a bunch of passes. So, so nothing really looks good here uh, in regards to the factors for 49ers at Browns. This is likely a messy defensive struggle. And it's outdoors in Cleveland, which is a notoriously screwed up stadium in regards to weather. It's right off the Great Lakes. Uh, Great Lakes. Uh, it's extremely windy. It's extremely rainy. Uh, it's just a crappy place to play football. So I do not like a lot of the factors in the Browns 49ers game this week. So I'll be steering clear of that one. Everything else matchup wise looks mediocre, you know, or better. So we're looking good there. Some cornerback ones and twos that I think are likely to have good weeks this week include Carlton Davis. So he is coming off a bye week. He is fully healthy. He is at home against a red, a red hot Lions overall offense and passing offense. Lions passing offense is number 10 in the league. Carlton Davis is averaging five combined tackles and one pass defense per game so far this season. That's his floor. That's pretty good. That's like a 15-point game in most of the leagues I'm in, and I'll take that every day of the week for a cornerback. Absolutely. Carlton Davis is also likely going to be responsible for Amon Ross St. Brown. So assuming he's back and healthy this week, that is a great setup for Carlton Davis. And regardless, Carlton Davis is a great option, and he's finally healthy and looking good against a really good offense. So I think Carlton Davis is a slam dunk this week. Another guy, and you don't need me to, to tell you this, is Devin Witherspoon coming off of a massive game last time we saw him, and he's going up against the suddenly resurgent Bengals passing attack that actually looked good, actually looked like itself last week. So Joe Burrow, before last week, said that he finally felt healthy for the first time this entire season. The week prior, he had managed to get through the game without being hit in such a way that he, you know, re-aggravated his injury. So it was almost like he had two weeks to find it, finally get over that injury. And you could see it. You could tell. The Bengals looked like the Bengals last week. That is great news for Devin Witherspoon and to a lesser degree, Tariq Woolen. So Witherspoon is in a great position here. He's going to be either on Chase or Higgins or Boyd. Doesn't matter. Whoever it is, they'll see targets. So Witherspoon is in a good spot to be a cornerback one this week. Kenny Moore, also another great option this week. So he's a great option every week, but this week he's going to be on Calvin Ridley or Christian Kirk. Since that, you know, little bit crappy week one game he's had. He's been lights out. He has crushed his projection every week since week one where he had that stinker. Uh, Kenny Moore is easily a top 10 cornerback option every single year. 
And I mean just set and forget corner, not streaming corner. He is an automatic start regardless, and he's got a good matchup this week against the 10th-ranked Jacksonville Jaguars passing attack that is 7th in the league for targeting their wide receivers. Kenny Moore in a great spot this week. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, Monday Night Football, will likely be on Keenan Allen. I think that's enough right there for us to trust that that's going to be a good thing. Beyond that, Stephon Gilmore has been excellent this season. He plays every snap, and he's been very productive, so I think we're looking good there. The reverse of that is also true. Asante Samuel Jr. will likely be on C.D. Lamb, and that's a pretty good setup as well. Asante Samuel has also been very productive this season, will play every snap, and is in a good spot. So I like those two quite a bit for Monday Night Football to be cornerback ones or twos. D.J. Reed is likely going to clear concussion protocol this week. We've seen the sauce effect in action all season long as these quarterbacks kind of, you know, consciously or subconsciously don't throw at sauce and end up throwing at Reed. Reed has been spectacular all season. So DJ Reed's either going to be on AJ Brown or Devonta Smith. That means tons of targets. So he's in a great spot to have a really solid week like DJ Reed quite a bit this week as a cornerback one or two. Jerry Jacobs. So now that Emmanuel Mosley is officially gone for the season, we can ride the hot hand with Jerry Jacobs and not have the rug pulled out from underneath us at some point. So yes, I I would play Jerry Jacobs this week. I would expect him to be a cornerback one or two. He's going to be responsible for either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. So he's in an excellent position to have a huge week. And then so is Marco Wilson. So Marco Wilson's either going to be on Cooper Cup, who had 12 targets last week, or Pukanuka, who had 11 targets last week. Either way, he's good to go. Marco Wilson in a position for another excellent week this week as well. So we're looking good there. And, he, and he's coming off of a week where he tripled his projection, I believe. So we are looking good there. All right, let's look at some dart throws for this week. First one I want to talk about is Tyreek Stevenson on the Bears. So we talked about the Vikings passing attack how if you discount that that one crappy game where Cousins only completed 12 passes, he's north of 30 completed passes per game, which is absolutely insane. We talked about the 199 wide receiver targets going into week six, which is absolutely insane. The Bears secondary in general is shredded with injury. The Bears cornerback core is shredded with injury. Because of that, we now have a rookie, Tyreek Stevenson, that's essentially guaranteed 100% of snaps this week and is going to get all of those good factors that come with that. He's a rookie, so if you believe in the rookie cornerback rule, you're good to go there. He's got all the factors we talked about with the Vikings happening this week as well. So I I think Tyreek Stevenson is in for a huge week. I like him as a dart throw this week quite a bit. I also like Tariq Woolen. He's burnt me a couple times this season, but we did see him have a really big week right before they got the bye off last week, the bye week off last week. So... It looks like it's him and Witherspoon at 100% of snaps each, and then Michael Jackson is the third corner at about 70-80-ish percent. So, you know, it doesn't really matter with the matchup this week with the Bengals in town. So Tariq Woolen will get whoever Witherspoon doesn't get. That could be Chase, that could be Higgins, that could be Boyd. Doesn't really matter. Whoever it is, it's, they're, they're going to get a ton of targets, as is tradition. Woolen's going to be in a good spot to absorb that production. You know, make the tackle after a completed pass get the pass defense, maybe intercept a ball, whatever. He's in a good spot. So I like Tariq Woolen as a dart throw this week quite a bit as well. The reverse of that is also true. Cam Taylor-Britt, Bengals cornerback, is going to be responsible for either Matt Calf or Lockett on the Seahawks. 
this could be a shootout. I would not be surprised. These are two very talented passing attacks. And we're getting to the part of the season where all the rust is starting to fade away. These guys are starting to look like the talented passing attacks we know they are. So I think Cam Taylor Britt is in an excellent position. We know he'll play every snap. He's going to be on Metcalf or Lockett. He's good to go. I like Cam Taylor Britt as a dart throw this week. I also like Miles Bryant quite a bit, Patriots cornerback. So the Patriots cornerback core is definitely shredded. It's definitely in flux. But the one thing that's remained constant about this cornerback core, even since week one, is Miles Bryant. He's kind of the the sole survivor at this point. As Christian Gonzalez has exited, you know, that guy that returned punts and, and was super popular at the end of last year. Can't even remember his name right now. He's gone too. But, you know, there have been all kinds of injuries on the Patriots cornerback core. But Miles Bryant is the survivor. He he played the most snaps for them last week. He's going to be on either Devontae Adams or Jacoby Myers. Both those guys get a ton of targets. Miles Bryant is in a good spot to produce as a dart throw this week. I like him quite a bit. Another guy I like, this is more of a true dart throw, is Deron Bland for the Cowboys. He's been super productive since he took over for Trayvon Diggs. He's got the lesser of two evils effect, I like to call it. So he's not Stephon Gilmore, which means consciously or subconsciously, he tends to get thrown at more. You know, if you're an opposing quarterback, are you throwing at this, the, you know, Super Bowl winning, you know, league veteran, Stephon Gilmore, pro bowler, who's been around forever and knows what he's doing? Or Deron Bland, who's been here for a cup of coffee and is an injury replacement for Trevon Diggs. I know who I'd throw at. It's Deron Bland. So. I, you know, maybe that's just in my head, but I, I see it all the time. So I tend to think it's a real thing. Regardless, Deron Bland's been excellent this season. So he's in a good spot in a great matchup that should be a real shootout on Monday Night Football. So I like him as a dart throw. And then Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs has been inactive the last two weeks due to injury. So, you know, it is what it is. That's part of the deal with him as he gets dinged up a lot. And and typically, you know, he'd be a cornerback one or two. The only reason he's a dart throw this week is because it's the Patriots passing attack that they're up against, and the Patriots do not possess a passing attack. So that's that's why. But, yep, like Nate Hobbs, if he's healthy, we always start Nate Hobbs. Let's pick it back up with the worst ideas that seem good for this week. And, by the way, it was Marcus Jones I was thinking of. Uh, super popular waiver wire ad towards the end of last season has disappeared completely off the face of the planet, barely played start of this season, and then immediately got himself injured and is gone. So it, it is what it is. That's the world of cornerback streaming. There is, I mean, if you look at general IDP and to a lesser extent offense, there, there are guys that get demoted, you know, promoted, displaced, injured, replaced, whatever you want to call it all the time. It times that by 10, and that's the world of cornerback streaming. It, it is absolutely insane. I'm tracking a minimum of 96 guys every week, and it is absolutely nuts. So, yeah, the names slip my brain sometimes. That was Marcus Jones I was thinking of. Anyway, worst ideas that seem good. Let's start with uh, some Titans. So Roger McCreary, and to a lesser extent, Murphy Bunting and Christian Fulton have been excellent this entire season. Those guys have been super productive. They've done what we need them to do almost every single week. I love those guys. I've got Roger McCreary everywhere. I, I, I do not like the idea of backing off Roger McCreary this week, but I am because it's the Ravens that are in town. These guys have been great all season, 
but passing offense may be hard to come by this week against the Baltimore Ravens. So just keep that in mind. What I would do is maybe back them off to deeper leagues only, medium to deeper leagues, that type of thing. I don't want Roger McCreary, Sean Murphy Bunting, or Christian Fulton being my cornerback one or two this week. Let's put it that way. They should maybe still be okay, but it's just everything points towards it not being okay. That's why I'm mentioning it. All right. And another idea that, that may not be good this week. So everyone, you know, is paying attention to Justin Fields. He's been red hot the last two weeks, right? He's putting up like 300 yards, 400 yards, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Just absolutely spectacular. And I am not arguing against that. He's been great. What I'm concerned about is the number of completions. He put up like 300 something yards and four touchdowns last week on only 15 completions. That's not going to do it for us. That's not going to do it for the Vikings corners. They're going to need more than that to eat. You know, what I would say is whoever's on DJ Moore will probably be fine. In this case, it'll probably be Byron Murphy. But anyone else is not probably going to have a good day. Justin Fields targets DJ Moore and then the tight ends. That's it. That, that's who he targets. You know, no other wide receiver has really been involved there in Chicago at all this season. And I don't really foresee that changing this week. So just buyer beware on that. Fields has been hot, but it's just not helping us in regards to cornerback streams. And then just another thing to look out for while we're kind of talking about this. So Panthers corners against Miami this week. Yeah, Miami has an excellent passing attack. Tua Tagleova, or however the hell you say it, is only completing 24 or fewer passes per game. He's doing it with chunk plays. Huge bombs to Tyreek and Waddle. They're not dinking and dunking. Plus, they've got this excellent run game that's running like 100, 150, 200 yards a game. They don't need to pass all the time. They are offensively balanced. So it's just something to look out for. I don't know if the volume will be there for our Panthers corners this week. So just something to think about. Just, just something that is a, you know, a factor that helps us make decisions on you know, what size league we start these guys and where we start them. And some miscellaneous notes to kind of take us out for this week. First things first, let's start with Emmanuel Mosley. So I talked about this last week in both the article and in the audio podcast, and I was right. I was absolutely right. It was a trap. Emmanuel Mosley came back and he displaced Jerry Jacobs and he played 3% of snaps. And then he exploded and blew apart his entire other ACL and is immediately gone again and done for the season. So what's crazy about this is I nailed it, but all the people that don't read the article, haven't listened to the podcast, don't pay attention to IDP cornerbacks are not even going to notice that they, they won't have seen the snap counts. And even if they did, they'll see Jerry Jacobs 96% and just think he took a couple plays off. They'll have no idea how close they were to disaster. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Those who were blissfully ignorant, you know, sailed right through this thing, totally unharmed and just started Jerry Jacobs like nothing was happening. But it happened. Emmanuel Mosley came back. So just wanted to throw that out there. Jerry Jacobs is now safe for the rest of the season. So you don't need to worry about that. But just mind blowing stuff right there. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And, and you know, for Emmanuel Mosley, obviously, we hope he gets well soon. That is just a terrible, terrible break for him. I cannot believe it. So prayers up to him. All right. Another thing I want to talk about. So Antonio Hamilton came crawling out of the grave like a zombie this week. 
So he's a guy I talked about all offseason. So Antonio Hamilton is Kytrell Clark. That's the position I'm talking about. The other 100% of snaps starting full-time cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals. We thought all offseason it was going to be Antonio Hamilton. And then surprise, week one, it's Kytrell Clark. So what happened this last week, though, was Kytrell Clark went way down to about 49% of snaps in Antonio Hamilton went from just playing special teams, essentially, to 80% of snaps in a massive week, which, you know, I, I read into this. Local beat writers think that this is a true displacement. They think Kytrell Clark is, it's still, you know, he's a rookie. It's still too soon for him to be a full-time starter. They think Hamilton's going to take right back over this role. So, you know, just something to have on your radar. There's no move in it right now. They're kind of split down the middle at the moment. So, you know, you can't really start either of them if one guy is playing 49% of snaps and the other guy played 80% one week but hasn't played at all the rest of the season, essentially. But this looks like it's trending towards Antonio Hamilton being the other starter in Arizona next to Marco Wilson. So if you do want to add him now to play him later, that's not a bad idea at all. Just throwing it out there. Another thing I want to talk about, Marlon Humphrey was finally back this week. He did only play 56% of snaps, but I believe he beat out his projection. He does have a crappy matchup this week with the Titans. But, you know, anyone that's played IDP for a minute and has a cornerback slot knows who Marlon Humphrey is. This guy is spectacular. I hope that you've added him already. If not, now is probably the last chance because he's going to take off like a freaking rocket ship. As soon as anything resembling a decent cornerback stream comes around for him, he is going to take off. He is spectacular. So he is primed for huge numbers during the slog of the season, the middle part of the season. So grab him now if you can. Throw him on your bench. Maybe this week isn't the greatest place to play him, but you will absolutely be able to use him very soon, and it's going to be great. Another thing that I thought I should mention, Jeff Akuda is completely back. He played 100% of snaps for the Falcons last week. So that is a beautiful thing to see. That's another really, really good streaming corner option that is coming back from injury and is now available to us. We'll take it. There have been so many other injuries in other places that, you know, it's nice to have the opposite happen for once, have someone come back that we could really use. Kuda, maybe not the greatest matchup this week. They got their commanders, I believe. But, you know, for down the road, this is an excellent streaming corner option. If you have the room in your bench, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to add him. That's for sure. And then shout out Josh right here. So Juju Brents, the rookie corner for Indianapolis, has fully displaced Daryl Baker Jr. And then that, in conjunction with Dallas Flowers being lost to IR for the season, means he's locked in. This guy is going to be a 100% of snaps corner, likely for the rest of the season. So. If you're a believer in the rookie corner rule, go grab him. Even if you're not, he's crushed his projection the last three weeks in a row. And two of those three weeks were, you know, not ideal playing time, if I recall correctly. He's now going to have that ideal playing time, you know, probably for the rest of the season. So Juju Brents, also another good option to add now if you need him for uh, later or even this week. They, they got uh, Jacksonville this week. So that's a, that's a great option for this week as well. Uh, so, yep. Just some miscellaneous notes there. Quick announcement slash shout out to any California listeners. So anyone in the Hollywood area, please check out the Touchdown Hoedown every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
at the Desert Five Spot at 6516 Selma Avenue in Hollywood, California. Contact Lamont562 on Twitter for details. That's at L-A-M-0-N-T-5-6-2 on Twitter for details. Check that out. So just a real quick background on this. Lamont is a well-known guy in the fantasy football community. He runs these incredible, degenerate, ridiculous leagues. One of them is called Free Agency Frenzy. It's Superflex Full IDP, Corners, DTs, you name it, the whole nine. There's no bench, so it forces painful decisions on you basically every week. You know, do you want to cut this incredible stud to win and try and get into playoffs, or do you want to eat a loss and hold on to your star player? You know, stuff like that. So just in, like wild league ideas, and he has me and Macri and a bunch of them, so I told him I'd be more than happy to shout this out for him. So please check that out. It's the Touchdown Hoedown every Sunday at the Desert 5 spot on Selma Avenue in Hollywood, California. And that pretty much does it for uh, this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you all have a good week six. I hope all your cornerback streams work out. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for reading. Have a good week, and we'll do it next week. Same time, same place. All right, now, take care. This was the IDP After Show. 